hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading wherever you are right across Australia or around the world and whatever app you're listening on uh, or radio station. It doesn't matter. Um, it's all the same for you. 1-800-157-157, the number to call to get in touch. Say good day. If you've got a question or a problem about anything technology, I'll try and give you a, give you a helping hand. We've got a couple of calls tonight on different issues that um, might be insightful for a few other people as well. So stay listening for those. Plus, we're going to talk about data sharing, travel plans, innovative devices, Formula One, and cheap smartphones. I mean, I don't even think that this is possible. In fact, I can guarantee you you're going to get more than you normally bargain for here on Your Tech Life this week. I'm going to smash through the 43-minute window this week as a special edition, episode 208, which you can get each and every week uh, in the same way you, met, you did this week. But if you're listening for the first time, iTunes is the best place to go, and you can use the Podcast app on your iPhone or the Pocket Cast app, another great one that I recommend from a bunch of Aussie developers down in Adelaide called Shifty Jelly. And it's available on Android and on iPhone. So lots to talk about tonight, and it's a, it's a big show planned. As I said, um, data sharing with Telstra is coming soon. But a couple of great chats coming up, including a chat with Australian Formula One world champion Alan Jones. And um, all those things come to you with the thanks of uh, the good people at uh, Garmin, garmin.com.au. And I'll tell you about a couple of great new products coming from Garmin. And, of course, also... Thanks to Optus. And uh, if you want to know about the, the um, most interesting plans out there in the market, you can say no to Bill Shock and yes to Optus My Plan, the mobile plan that flexes to help keep your excess fees down. Visit optus.com.au forward slash my plan for details. Well, as I said, lots to talk about uh, on the show today, and I'll, ch- I'll try and quickly chime through things before we take calls. But um, I-, I wrote a story today on EFTM.com.au if you're interested uh, about the new car Kogan uh, smartphone. Now, this is a quad-core uh, 5-inch smartphone. Now, 5 inches is the same size as the Samsung Galaxy S4 in screen size. This thing's a little bigger. Quad-core sounds awesome, but it's not the world's greatest quad-core, so it's not got a blinding performance. But... I've sat this phone here side by side with some of the best phones and browsing the internet as fast as the others, um, using the email as fast as the others. This is a quality little phone. And guess what? It's $199. Now, this is not for someone who strives and desires a Samsung Galaxy phone because it's got S-Translate and all those different things. This has got stock standard, bog clean, everyday Android and that's one of the best things about it. It's just simple, ready to go. Um, I think you'll be very, very interested in this um, in this device. If you're in the market for a smartphone and you can't afford one of the big guys or you don't want to go on a big plan, outright, $199. I think that's brilliant. Great deal, great offer, and it's a great phone. And you can check that out uh, on the website, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. And you're listening to Your Tech Life right across Australia, one eight hundred one five seven one five seven, or you can go to the website eftm.com.au. Let's go to calls, Gay Pete. G'day, Trevor. How are you? What can I do for you, mate? I'm well. I've got an iPhone at the moment with Optus, and yep. it drops its 3G network out randomly. And what, what do you? How do you know that's happening? You, you see it on the screen, comes up with something else, or? 
well, we use it for business and obviously it's very quiet. We don't get any email, what's going on. Email's coming through on your computer, not coming through on your phone. You look at your phone and you've just got your Optus um, signal, but you've got no 3G network. So it just says Optus and uh, does it say E or anything else? No, just Optus. And then I did a bit of Googling, so... Um, the only way I found to fix it was by pressing the home button and the off button at the same time. Do a full Check, reset. Do a full reset, and then it'll pick it up again. Hmm. And but how long is that going to last for? Okay, it differs. It can last for five minutes or three hours or four hours. You just never know. So you've got to constantly be looking at your phone. When was the last, what, what, uh, what model iPhone is it? It's the iPhone 5. Wow, okay. So it's not like it's an old one or something, yeah. Not old, and we actually have nine of them because I run a business, and wow. it's gone right across the board of all. And they're all on Optus, and they all suffer the same issue now and then? Same issue. So uh, I did a bit of investigations, and people were telling me, oh, it's a recent upgrade. Oh, because did they get the, have you had the iOS 7 upgrade? That's right, but the problem was hmm. we were suffering this problem two before days that. before the upgrade. <laughs> so you can't blame actually, the upgrade. I actually did the upgrade to try and solve the problem. Of course, yeah, because a lot of the time an upgrade will fix a little bug like that. So, That's right. So you're getting it. So it's only been a recent issue in the last few weeks? Two weeks, yeah. And do you know, are, are your um, are your SIM cards 4G enabled? Because the iPhone 5 is a 4G phone. So So I, I did two things. I thought, okay, I'll blame Apple yep. and I'll blame Optus. Exactly. So I went to Apple and blamed them and they gave me a new phone. Nope. So I went to Optus and blamed them, and they gave me a new SIM card. <laughs> That's a pretty so, fresh start. Well, I'm at the very beginning, aren't I? And, of course, it keeps dropping out. So, so let's go through this. You had the problem. You upgrade the iOS, still happening. You've done mm-hmm. the full reset. It, yep. it works, but then drops out again. You've got a brand-new yep. phone and a brand-new SIM card still happening, and this is happening on nine devices? Yes. And you literally see on the screen the 3G disappear, the actual words 3G written on the screen. They're not there when it's when it's off. That's right. And if you go to your phone and check your email, it'll come up saying, cannot get your mail, no internet connected. Is, um, you know, I asked about the 4G. Is the 4G enabled on the phone? Yep, it's all all enabled and all, all fine. Hmm. So, uh, look, it had me beat, so... I, I went to the computer and I obviously uh, found a few forums. Mm, there's lots of those. They're, they're beautiful sometimes, aren't they? Well, I found that I wasn't the only one with a problem. Yeah. And that there were quite a few people with a problem. So I took a big gamble and I phoned Optus and I thought, well, this could be a three or four hour wait. And I actually got through pretty quickly. Mm. And to my surprise, probably the first time in my life, I got hold of a guy who was actually very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and he said the magic words, which I've never heard before, and that was, yes, we have a problem. Oh, straight <laughs> up. No no beating around the bush either. No beating about the bush. And I had said to him, listen, I run a business, nine phones. I have no choice but to go to Telstra within a week. I can't. I can't be checking. We can't be checking our phones every five minutes to see whether but the data's on. The data's on. He said, "Yes, we have a problem. We're aware of it, and it appears to be an Optus problem." And I said, "Well, I can tell you now, it's not an upgrade problem because yeah. with iPhone, because I had it before that." Yeah. Did he and give you a time frame under which they'll be hoping to fix it? I gave him a time frame, saying <laughs> that if it, if it wasn't fixed by Friday. I wouldn't have a choice, and I, I'm not saying I'm 
I'm upset or disappointed with them, I have them, I have to make a business decision and just go. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you're relying on this for your business. You mm. can't be mucking around. So, so, so that was today, was it? That was today, and he was a little bit coy about it, but he was obviously reasonably honest with me. He, he had told me there was an incredible amount of emails back and forth from their tech support Optus trying to solve the issue as quick as possible. And which forums did you find it uh, listed on? Whirlpool? I actually saved a forum on my PC, uh, which was very helpful, and uh, I don't know the name of it. Mm. I just saved it. But um, it was a lot of people with the exact same problem, and they were talking about driving over the Harbour Bridge, driving here, driving there. And, and what I found, if you left the phone on your desk in the office, it would hang on for quite some time. So it's, it's the moving between the towers that seems to be a yes. problem in some way. I'm look. I'm not a, not technical like yourself, but I would assume that once you leave one tower, you then have to pick a new signal up from the new one and pass and it over and do all the different things. Yeah, just can't get it. Wow. Mm. Well, look, yeah. I'm, 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 I haven't heard anything about such a problem, so I'm not sure how widespread it is. But um, I, I would love to do two things, uh, if you don't mind. If you stay there, I'll get all your details because I, I wouldn't mind just making sure that Optus, at my end, the people that mm. I deal with at Optus, uh, know of your plight. And yep. and can you know check any escalation that's required there. And secondly, I'd love to get from you some of those forums where you were reading about this because yeah. it could be a bigger story than um, than it's just you and your nine um, your nine phones. It could be it could be an um, unbelievably big problem. Well, my my words to this gentleman on the phone from Optus were, I just cannot believe how you've managed this. And he said, Well, what do you mean? I said, Usually you'd hear it on the radio or in a newspaper. Yeah. This would be big news. How are you keeping it such a secret? Yeah, everyone's heard of Vodafone. Hello. That's right. And, and I said, this is, this is a potential nightmare for you because if you don't fix it soon, you will lose everyone. Well, that's why said, I think it, it's probably somehow a very hmm. small base of customers. Yeah, I, and we talked about that. Was it an eastern suburbs in <laughs> Sydney area, which is where we're from? That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people on the forum. It had people going over the bridge. It had mm. people. I think one person was in Fremantle. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think. Oh, and we know, it's, know not, look, it's not the physical SIM card because you have a new one. But look, I, I guess we'll have to leave that to Optus to decide what it is. Mm. But importantly, um, not that I can give you a great deal of hope, but let me just make sure that the right people at Optus are aware of your problem and this problem. And uh, and I'd just like to get a bit more info from you to, to check on that as well. So thanks for no bringing it to my attention, Peter. Very interesting stuff. If you stay there, I'll get all your details, okay? So thanks for getting in touch. Thanks very much, Trevor. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website eftm.com.au or you can call 1-800-157-157. More news uh, today from Telstra. Uh, and they announced today that they were the first major telco, and this is a big deal. First major telco to allow data sharing across devices. Now, this is something that has existed in corporations and big business for some time. Now, let's just put a scenario here. You've got a smartphone. You've got a tablet. You've got a second tablet. You might even have another phone. But if each one of them costs you a different amount per month, each one of them has its own data allowance, and on one device you might have two gig of data and you only use one gig, Another device, you have 500 meg of data and you use 700 meg and you pay the excess fees. Well, with this data sharing concept, you have a phone. It has 2 gig of data 
and you have another device, it uses that same two gigs. So if your phone uses one gig, your tablet uses one gig, you're fine. You're under your cap. Now, here's how it works, and I think, to be honest, it's a bit rich. It's a bit expensive. But this is to, to, this is to me about a convenience, not about money right away. And I think, hopefully, we'll see some movement from other carriers in this space. But what um, what it is is you're on the $60 plan with Telstra, which, let's say, gives you $900 worth of calls, unlimited texts, and 1.1 gig of data. You pay them $10 a month extra, and you're enabling data sharing but you don't have any other devices. You pay them another $10 extra, you get another SIM card. You put that SIM card in your tablet. You pay them another $10 extra per month, and you put that on your other tablet. So you're now at $90 a month. You've got one gig of data, and you're on three devices. It's not very good, but the concept is perfect. So depending on your plan, depending on your data usage, this could be revolutionary. But it also just could be the start of something big in the telco industry. So I applaud Telstra. I'm really excited they've done it, and hopefully the plans will change and customise themselves along the way, and we'll see some great deals for consumers. Uh, let me know what you think. You can get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. EFTM for Mary. Everything for the man is what it stood for. EFTM.com.au. Or you can call me on 1-800-157-157. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Your Tech Life. You can go to the website eftm.com.au, send me an email, or you can call 1-800-157-157, as did Maggie. G'day, Maggie. How can I help you? Hello, Trevor. I um, can't remember which um, which uh, particular problem no. I need to talk to you about. A large but, number of sorry. problems. But, I, but I it do. could be, it could be your, your amazing husband, who's ah, just not techo yes. enough. Ah, so, yes, so that's a... Um, a sort of philosophical problem, isn't yeah. it? So, uh, <laughs> uh, it's the te- technological divide that's happening between people and communities. <laughs> so how does that affect you? In what way? Well, uh, as a person who lives in a country town, I can see all the shops and retail people struggling and giving up on sales because everybody's going to eBay. Yep. Uh, and then on a personal front, um, I feel that if I'm sitting on the computer at night and my husband is not, it's not the same as sitting down reading a book together or watching TV. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I have that problem at home. Um, I, you know, I could be sitting on the computer, you know, several nights of the week just trying to work away, slave away, make an extra buck. Um, mm. And you know, I, I don't, I don't think my wife and I watch much TV together. Or, um, you know, certainly read books together. That's just the way we are. But, you know, we used to watch you know, Law and Order together or something. But I guess it's there's a part to the connected world and, and trying to stay connected a lot. And then there's a part to the, you know, trying to, you know, make that little extra buck or whatever it is. And I think you're right. I think it does change the way we, we are, the whole of society's approach. But I think what's interesting there is the point you make about, you know, small business kind of being driven out of business and driven online that's really an adopt, uh, adapt or die kind of thing, isn't it? Because you've got to adapt because that's how people are operating. Yes, but the problem is that if you work, you say you've got a job all, all day, you might be in a shop or whatever mm-hmm. it is you're doing, yep. when you get home at night, you're too tired to try and work out the intricacies of getting on Facebook or yeah. You know, and just recently I went to visit a friend I hadn't seen for 15 years and I ran into her in a cafe and she pointed her finger at She waggled her finger at me and she said, you're not on Facebook. 
I get that. There's a couple of times I get that. Um, I get that from listeners when I run like a competition on Facebook and they say it's not fair because it should be open to everyone. And I get that, but you know, there's a benefit to me in, in being on Facebook and that, that is around the data and the different ways that I can grow my network and that grows the, the value of the property and all those different things. But, you know, it's funny because my personal life is lived on Facebook. You know, there's a lot of photos of my kids there. My family love the fact that they can see them. But my mum doesn't go there very much, so I've got to remember to send her an email, at least with the photos, if not come and visit more. Um, and there is this just disconnect between people who are and are not on Facebook. And um, I guess that creates an interesting divide. But what, do you run a small business? Are you trying to get on, onto the online side of things? Oh, um, I, my husband and I have a manufacturing business, which is uh, we've been doing for 20 years. Right. And uh, in 19, or 2000, I put a website up and I bought a book on how to do it, learn HTML in 24 yep. hours. And mm-hmm. in the first year, I got a million dollars worth of inquiry from overseas. Wow. And it's just, I, I've sort of been inhabiting the online world in a different way before social media, but using hmm. email. What do you manufacture? Boys. What? That'll be navigation boys. Oh right, okay. That's uh, that's a very interesting <laughs> business and a million. I'm not sure we should continue this conversation. Yeah, really, because there wouldn't be that many people manufacturing boys, would there? No, no, and pro- or buoys probably... as they call them overseas. Oh, I guess. yes, awful word, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> but getting back to Facebook, the other divide I find, I've got uh, young adult children. Uh, as soon as I did. You know, dip my toe into the water on Facebook, all the friend suggestions that came along were all my children's school friends. Yeah. You know, and and I feel like I'm invading their privacy. No, look, and I agree with you on that. I, I, um, I see a lot of people with kind of um, an intricate network, but I, what happens with Facebook is if you spend a bit of time finding the right people, so find your actual network of friends, and frankly, you ignore the ones that you don't feel that you want to you know, have a part of your Facebook network. Over time, it learns and it knows and it does grow your network better. So it can't know from day one everything about you, but it tries pretty hard. Well, I'm pretty happy with my two friends that I have on Facebook. It's you know, the average person has 150. Do they? Yeah. Well, how do people have time? I'm, I'm struggling to, to interact with my two friends. Well, th- but here's the thing. Don't think of, oh, and I'll be honest, and the, my, any of my friends listening don't think, don't hate me, but I don't see it as an interaction tool. I, I see it as a sharing. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a family celebration. You take a photo, you share it with, you, with your friends on Facebook. Um, you know, you've hit a milestone, you, something nice happened in your life, you put it there so that you are sharing that information with your friends and family. You don't have to be a one-to-one with those people. Um, yeah. And then every now and then, the, the odd person in your friend group will reach out to you and make a one-to-one, just like they would send you an email. And it's really just about managing another inbox. Yes. And yes. I guess that's the challenge is it's another inbox, uh, um, and it's very hard to combine them all, but it's it's not a bad thing in, in the that's long run. True. But you're doing but the right thing like, by, by going at it kind of casually and slowly. Don't don't yeah. dip your don't dip your whole body in, just tow it, tow it a time. <laughs> but in, back to my husband... I want him to um, catch up with me and, and take part in you know, communicating with the children. Mm. You know, I want him to have a smartphone, and I want him to to use a laptop. Yeah, or a but phone he's not. Book. He's not up but, for the for the tech, is he? Well, yeah. So, so where do you start? Like, what's what's the most user friendly, easy um, equipment to buy mm. that's not? So, what sort of phone does he have now? Oh, a 
the big numbers, those basic, simple. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, the, the thing about it is, I mean, have you got a tablet in the household? Yes, I've got a Samsung Galaxy. Has he ever grabbed that and had a look at it? Uh, no, he's, he's got a, you know, oh, he's, no, I don't want to yeah. type thing. But I've given him a Chromebook, and so he started. See, a Chromebook, that's a, that's a pretty extreme jump in, into the world of online, I think. Because it because it's, oh, I guess he's, never, he's not, not a computer guy, so he wouldn't be missing Windows, would he? But... Um, no. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's a phone, a tablet, or a Chromebook. What you need to do is find things of interest to him. Now, it, it could be um, it could be LinkedIn because it could be a network of other people like him that are manufacturing these very niche things. Um, it could be that you know he's disconnected from you know his own siblings or family or you know former colleagues or former schoolmates and just connecting a few of those. Like create a Facebook account for him. Don't tell him, just create it, and mm-hmm. and and find a few people from his life. And then just see whether he, he actually likes the idea of just seeing what they're up to. Um, put the kids on there so he can see what they're doing. You know, it doesn't have to be an everyday thing. It can be a once a fortnight thing just to have a look. And then the other thing is, is think about what other interests he has, like which TV shows he watches and things like that, and find things online. Um, like on Facebook, you might follow the show. So, for example, I love, um, there's a channel on Foxtel called A&E, and I, I just love storage wars and container wars and all these kind of shows. And they appear in my feed and I see information about them and their shows in, in my feed. And that kind of gets me interested because it's not all about family and friends that way. Mm, yes, well, that's true. All you right. do need to find those things that are of interest to him and he's not going to, he's not going to like it unless they're of, of interest to him. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, well, I've got a couple of ideas there. <laughs> good. You, you take those ideas. Now, just quickly before we go, I know you had, you had a problem with your uh, computer running slowly. Um, I think, and you, you, you emailed me the specs, you went to the website, you emailed me the specs. You've got a great computer. You know, Intel Core i7 is, is the is the best processor I could recommend. I just bought a little little MacBook Air that has that 8 gig of RAM. That's that's very good. So it shouldn't be running slowly. But what it is, is it's just like a, a car. It needs a grease and oil change every now and then. So I would, and the good thing is you've got a business, you can probably write this off as an expense in the business. Um, I would contact a company like Gizmo. G I Z M O, and they they will do over the phone. They don't. They're not going to come to Sortel, but they'll do over the phone. They can actually connect to your computer while you're on the internet, and they can actually do a bit of a clean sweep of it. And you'll find I've never had someone that's come back and said that was terrible. You'll find your computer will run brilliantly afterwards. Oh, that sounds good. So is that is that a company that when you have IT problems you can just call them? Correct, but they but they they've actually changed their model. They don't come to the house anymore. They are a hundred percent online. So basically, they have a call center in Sydney, and they have people that then say you ring them up and they say I'll go to this website and put in this code, and then you're giving them access to your computer, and they can actually use your computer as if they were sitting next to you, oh, and they can do everything you need. And the only thing that's a problem is when your when your problem is connectivity, i.e., you can't get on the internet. Obviously, yep. they then can't help you, but they can talk you through different things. So, highly recommended um, for any technical problems, and, and certainly for a good clean up of your of your computer like that. Gizmo, G I Z M O. I shall try it tomorrow. And you tell them that I sent you. I will. Thank you, Trevor. All right, Maggie. I look forward to hearing from you or your husband, in fact, perhaps well, in the future. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Um, I um I, I got him vacuuming the other day, so I entered your vacuum cleaner competition, and I took a photo of him emptying the vacuum cleaner. Oh, good work. <laughs> And so, you know, it's a sort of goal of mine to get him to use the vacuum cleaner and the internet. Oh, that's yeah, that's a tough ask. If <laughs> if I should ever buy a boat, I shall come to you for for a boy. For a boy. You, you'd be welcome. <laughs> Good on you, Maggie. Thanks for getting Thanks, in touch. Thanks, Trevor.
Good on you. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Well, have a listen to these amazing features in the new Garmin 4Runner 620 Sports Watch. Comfortable, lightweight design, high-resolution colour touchscreen, vibration alert, auto-lap, auto-pause, personal records, calorie based on your heart rate, run and walk alert, fast GPS, GPS fix, heart rate zones, heart rate alert. There's so much in this watch. And these are good-looking watches too. That colour screen, that's something very nice from Garmin with these new sports watches. The Garmin 4Runner 620 is your personal coach. In fact, it's an advocate. The advocate that knows that running is a solo effort, but people are social, so we can actually share your data as you run. You connect it through the Garmin Connect mobile app, and the 620 uses your phone signal to convey your position to your family, your fans, your coaches, whatever, whoever they are. doesn't matter at all. So there's a coach in every watch. The Garmin 620 and the Garmin 220, great new devices from Garmin, and you can check them out at garmin.com.au. Now, I did say lots of telco news this week. I mentioned Telstra's data sharing. Vodafone announced today that as of next week, the 7th of October, their $5 a day international roaming concept on their red plans would be available across Europe, about 34 countries. I'm not sure which countries are excluded. I haven't got a map and worked it out, but it's a lot more countries than was originally UK, US and New Zealand. So 34 countries across Europe, that's a big deal. So you could basically, if you've got a Vodafone red plan here... Take your same number, your same phone, your same SIM card, travel across Europe, and for 5 bucks a day, use your normal data allowance, your normal phone call allowance, and treat the local country like a local to you. Make local calls for free, unlimited texts and calls. It's a great deal. October 7, um, if you're a Vodafone customer, that was announced uh, today. More details all over the interwebs. Uh, lots happening with telcos this week. And you're listening to Your Tech Life. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your Tech, tech Life. Life with Trevor Long. And you're listening to Your Tech Life, uh, yourtechlife.com, or go to the website eftm.com.au. You can give me a call on 1-800-157-157, wherever you're listening, right across Australia. Now, there's an interesting thing about innovation and uh, and how it affects our lives. Now, sometimes the surveys that I read, as I tell you, often um, surprise me, and sometimes they're, they're quite obvious. This one is something very different. Uh, in a survey of more than 2,000 parents, it turns out the humble and hard-working refrigerator, washing machine, and television come out on top in terms of innovation. Well, you know, that's kind of an interesting um, interesting thought when you think about the, the other innovations in our lives. So someone that um, can tell us a little bit more about that and have a chat about it is uh, family psychologist Colette Smart. G'day, how are you doing? Hi, Trevor. Thank you for having me on your show. Anytime. Now, this is an interesting little survey, isn't it? Because I don't want to get... Um, I don't want to get involved in a big sexist furor here, but, you know, mums were, were looking at the things like the household appliances, whereas dads were looking at perhaps the, you know, the, the more manly things. Is this a sexist problem we've got here, or is it just more about the things we know and, uh, and have an impact on our own direct lives? Oh, I don't know. I, I actually might disagree with you a little bit there. Um, so the survey that, that was done was the PNG Home Innovations Survey, and they wanted to have a look at... Um, how mums and dads have changed or if they've changed and mm-hmm. their roles have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. And I have to say the fact that, so they looked at mums and dads separately um, and the washing machine came out top and then the refrigerator and dads was the refrigerator and then the washing machine. Uh. And so uh, besides the whole, the whole 
way you, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach kind of thing. <laughs> I think that that men these days have changed massively compared to my father and my grandfather's generation. And if uh, if we had done the survey say fifty years ago, I don't. I don't even think the washing machine would have made it onto the list. And they wouldn't have noticed. And, and, no. and you think it's a funny thing about the washing machine, isn't it? Because I remember when I moved out of home, um, I think it was a Simpson, just a big, bulky old thing, and it had just one big dial on it. It was pretty simple. And now we've got this LG thing, which in itself has an innovative lid. It, it folds so that it's not as high when you lift it up. But more importantly, it has automatic sensors in it. it it detects the size of the load so for an idiot like me or and this is the thing this is not a sexist thing because it, it can be a dad or a mum that are on the go you don't have time to muck around with settings no, it's just no. like throw in the towels throw in the in the detergent and press one button and it automatically goes it's a medium-sized load i'm going to run it for this long and off you go it's, it's those innovations in our lives that we kind of overlook don't we yeah, well, I think you've hit the nail on the head there because uh, the PNG index was actually looking for for that very thing. They were looking to see why parents valued certain uh, products and or, or machine certain types of machinery and so on. And really, what came out very strongly in my mind was the fact that time-saving devices are what parents value the most. Mm. Something that you know, you know, my grandmother used to stand over the wash tub and use. The, what was it, the mangler, if, if I remember oh, what it goodness. was called, um, to squeeze out the, the water. And now we can put the washing in a washing machine, press those buttons and go off and do something else for two hours. And and I think we're seeing with dads, dads are, are really tending to prioritize their families and their children a lot more. Yeah. So spending time with your children other than just with your feet up with a beer or uh, or at the office has actually become quite important to fathers. So I think we've seen a big swing. Uh, and both parents carrying the weight. Uh, I would say, though, that, that women, the statistics show that women still carry the biggest load of child care activities in the home, but there definitely are more women now in the workforce. Hmm. So we definitely would see women valuing uh, time-saving products more as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but what's interesting about that is, you know, that's a whole other philosophical debate, I guess, because, you know, my home is somewhat traditional in, in a sense. My wife chooses and enjoys staying at home. She gets frustrated to all hell about being there sometimes yeah. because the kids yeah. can be a nightmare. But, you know, that's the way we, we choose to run. I work hard and, and we're able to do that. But it, it's it's the little thing. So here, here's an example of I'd love to predict, you know, a few years down the track. You know, money is getting tighter for people. Uh, energy conservation is getting more important for people. One of the things that I actually find innovative is is actually the ability for these, uh, like, for example, our dishwasher. Uh, has a has a has a delay start on it, as does our washing machine. Now, yes. what that allows us to do is push that activity into the cheapest part of the day. Absolutely. That's exactly what I do. I, I'm I'm the same. I use it late at night when you you're on the off peak time and you save electricity. It's very you hard to explain right. that to people though, because a lot of people aren't in that mindset of you know that the thing can do what it does and needs to do it now. You you, you actually do need to put a bit of thought into your day yes. to make sure that it's ready for the next day and all those different things. But it's 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 things like that, and I've seen, obviously, in, in my my world, a lot of technology, and there is so much coming in the next little while around, yeah. you know, conservation and, and delaying technology in terms of fitting time, uh, measuring energy consumption, different things like that. And what's interesting to me about this survey is that it's not about what is the coolest piece of technology, because games consoles come in at like 12%. I know, I know. I, I, I'm glad you picked that up, because for me... 
in my work, I do a lot of um, seminars with schools and parents and so on on, on technology and gaming is one of the big things that I concentrate on. And I was fascinated that gaming consoles came out as 12% mm. because the biggest or the widest age um, that you will see using the gaming consoles are men in their 30s, mm. actually not your teenagers. That's right, absolutely. And, yeah, and so for me, the fact that that gaming consoles came quite low tells me that possibly dads and mums who are gamers are enjoying their gaming for entertainment, but it's not the biggest priority in their lives. And mm. so we always hear everybody's addicted to the internet or addicted to gaming. But um, if you look at the real statistics, they actually know it's a small percentage. And so this kind of where, where the gaming console fits in shows that to me as well. Well, I'm, I'm agreeing with the with the dad's list pretty heavily. There's a lot of stuff in that list. I'd bump up number 18 on the dad's list at 10% was the electric toothbrush. So I'd be bumping that way up the top because, it's again, it's one of those things, so the electric toothbrush, that a lot of people just kind of um, either they buy a really cheap one and they have a bad experience with it or they just are in their habit of doing it the way they've always done it. Now, when you actually get a quality electric toothbrush and you use it consistently in the way it's intended – you actually feel a difference, and it actually does change a little bit the way you approach that little chore in your life. And I've got to be honest, having had one now for a few months and, and literally used it consistently as it's intended, because it tells me where to start and stop and move and all those kind of things, it's it's quite an amazing little innovation for me. Well, well, my do- we use them as well, and my daughter, it's been fantastic because her one's got the two-minute timer, so she knows exactly, exactly how long. So when it beeps, then... Because most kids will be quick to kind of put it in their mouths and then run off to go and play. But yeah. for her, she knows she's got to wait until the timer goes. It's, it's, I know, it's pretty amazing. I'm a little bit worried, though, about the um, the 4% of men that chose the hair straightener as individuals. <laughs> that either means that either mean there's some serious manscaping going on or they really do enjoy the fact that their wife has straight hair and not curly hair. So I'm not sure what that means. We, we won't right. read anything out of that. Yeah, we, we, it's hard to interpret whether they're the ones using it or they're, they're just like their wife's straight hair you're right don't you find it fascinating that the lawnmower came in equally for both men and women there you go 31 percent yeah or both and so it's either uh, if you if you want to throw in the sexist joke either the women are are excited about the lawnmower because their husbands can go out and do the lawn uh, i'll have to say that my husband is the one in our house that does it but then also i think we're seeing a lot of single parent homes and so there are a lot of women who are doing their own gardens and their own housework, um, and men equally, if, hmm. if, if you don't have a partner. But, you know, you take, take that one as an example. It is quite possible, just like the hair straightener one, that it's actually because of the other sex in the house. So, yes. you know, my wife, well, we've just bought a new house and we finally got a yard, and right, I can get rid of my silly old electric lawnmower. I'm going to buy a proper lawnmower. Now, the very fact that I'm excited about buying a lawnmower and I know that it's going to be cool <laughs> and it's not going to be amazing, but it's going to, it's going to be a little bit easier than it was 20 years ago. Um, my wife is going to know that I don't complain about mowing lawns because I'm quite enjoying it. So maybe it's, there is a bit of that crossover that the, that the other partner sees the reason why one partner has a, has a, um, less complaining or is more, more willing to do a certain chore in the house because, um, there's a lot of things on this list that's just about chores. So yes, interesting yes. stuff, really. And and you're right, there is a lot of synergies between the men and the women. Um, the the washing machine and refrigerator neck and neck up the top. And um, 
when you think about fridges, geez, I can't even begin to tell you the stuff I've seen in fridges over the last couple of years, but they are still innovating, even though they're all they're there to do is to keep our stuff cold. It's um, well, one least, of the funny things. At least we don't have to go up to the shop every single day. We can actually shop. And so, again, it's a time-saving device. It helps us manage our time better. Um, I'm interested in your perception of the wireless internet because you do uh, Correct, the yeah. technology show. Again, what do you think about where it came in the overall well, you know, six? Fourth for dads and, and, and seventh for mums, not unsurprising, but I, yes. I think also this is a this is a, a, a thing that needs to be assessed annually, you know, and over yeah. in a couple of years we'll probably see that change a little because the power of wireless internet in all of our devices, in all of our different functions of content consumption and different things will mean that we'll recognize more that we're using it. Uh, yep. So I think that's more a, a time thing than anything else. I think in, in time we'll see that bump up just like perhaps the television which will come back a little bit into our lives because it will innovate a little further in terms of smart TV and different interactive yeah. elements, it, it may bump itself back up again too. So you never know. Well, well, it's interesting you say that because the DVD player is was quite low. And initially I thought, oh, I wonder why it's so low. But then I thought, we're so able now to download movies onto our tablets and and computers and so on, we don't actually have to be buying them or renting them. them. Yeah. We don't need them anymore. So so I wonder if the television will come down and Wi-Fi will go up. And I think that the Wi-Fi speaks to me about uh, the need for the internet. I mean, we do our shopping, banking, uh, a lot of our work we can bring home now and do in the evenings once the children have gone to bed. Yeah. I also think the wireless is a big part of education. My own children's school is rolling out iPads for all the children next yeah. year. I know a lot of schools are doing that. So it's seen as important for homework and, and then obviously entertainment. But it's a, it's a big part of our lives now. It, I, in fact, I've actually just come from a two-week trip in Africa where I went and spoke on technology. And I was fascinated to find how fast their wireless was. Yeah. And most children in Africa, other than extremely remote areas, most children in Africa who have a phone will possess a smartphone. Can you believe that? Yeah. I, look, I do believe it because we see the um, the innovation in smartphones is not just about the, the top end as well. There's a lot of um, simple, easy-to-obtain smartphones, and they're the ones that are hitting all, all those kind of areas. So yeah. it's a very interesting thing. But look, for me... Um, I think we need to break this data down a little bit further and get the dads and the mums in a column based on how old their kids are because I'm thinking the disposable nappy would be a little bit higher on the list if we were only talking to parents of toddlers. Yeah, I agree. Well, this, <laughs> this whole um, PNG index was done right across age groups from 18 to about 65, and it was done over parents right across every state and territory. So that's why you would have different age groups of parents in there. So I suppose you're much older parents whose kids That's have right. grown up. They're, they're not going to be thinking the nappy. about the no. disposable nappy on the, on the top I think of their for, list. For this generation, I know for my and, and for me, I couldn't live without the nappy. It was certainly a, a time-saving product uh, or an innovation in my life. Um, I, I really loved the disposable nappies that I didn't have to stand over and wash toweling nappies and hang them up. So I'm just waiting for the last kid to grow out of them, frankly. But yeah. um, that's, Are you? that's 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 <laughs> no, another mine, mine just come out. <laughs> another year to go. But anyway, all right. Very interesting stuff, uh, Colette. Thank you very much for the chat. Um, interesting survey and uh, more information on that on the website. Thanks for the chat, Colette. Thanks for having me, Trevor. Well, thanks to Optus. It's time to say no to Bill Shock and yes to saving heaps, yes, to going mega with your bites. 
yes to tweeting, liking and posting to your heart's content, it's time to say yes to Optus My Plan, where others could charge you hundreds in excess fees. Optus will give you an extra chunk of data from as little as $5. Plans start now at $35 with a minimum total cost of $840 over 24 months. And you can visit optus.com.au forward slash my plan for details. Sitting here at the headquarters of a, of a gaming company in, in the company of 1980 world champion, Formula One world champion, Alan Jones. Alan, great to have your company. Thank you. I was just sitting in the next room playing a computer game as you driving around the Brands Hatch circuit. It's quite surreal for me to now be sitting here with you. Have you had a look at the game? What do you think? Yeah, I have. I've had a go, too. <laughs> I think it's great. It's fantastic. Very lifelike. Um, the, the graphics and everything are just fabulous. Do you... Um, I mean, I think it's amazing. We're talking about F1 2013 here, and I've been playing this game for several years, 2011, 2012, and it gets better every year, the graphics, and they, they put the new cars and the new drivers in, but I think the idea here, just from, from looking at it, seems to be it's something different now. We've got the, the 80s and the 90s and the classic edition. Um, to add, a, add tracks like Brands Hatch, do you look at them? Because we don't see them every, every week or every fortnight in the Formula 1 season anymore. Do you look at a Brands Hatch and go, they've, they've nailed that circuit as to, as to the way it operates? Or is there intricacies of the circuit that you think, oh, it's not no, quite no, right? No, 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 they've nailed it. I mean, I've done a lot of laps at Brands Hatch in various formula and, or formulae, and um, uh, they've nailed it. They've, uh, it's, it's really lifelike. It's, it's terrific. And, you know, it's a, it's a great series because it gives... There's a lot of people out there that like the, the, the era of cars in the 80s, and now it gives them an opportunity to hop in the cockpit, so to speak. Well, I hopped in the cockpit of, of your Williams, uh, and it's, it's sitting there saying, I am Alan Jones, which is a bit daunting on its own. And then, <clears throat> then I look at you know, the names of the, of the cars in front of me come up, and I'm looking at Prost and, and Andretti, and it, it really is it's a, it's a fantastic era of the game that we get to experience now. But what's more interesting is when you, when you drive the, you, know, you drive as, as Weber, which most Aussies do, they jump in the car and they try and be Mark <coughs> Weber in the Red Bull, the control of the car is completely bloody different to as it is with yours, and that's completely reflected in the game. It's it's amazing to see the difference between the two. Um, is is that is that a very is it an accurate reflection of how the difference in control is between the modern car and the and the classic? Yeah, I think you think you did right. I mean, you know, there was a, a different, a slightly different driving style to these cars as as, as there is now. Cars now are probably got a little bit more downforce. Um, Carbon fibre brakes, paddle gear shift—you know, just totally different animals. I feel like you—it looks like you work a lot harder back then. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, these days you've got the traction control, you've got everything happening. It, it, with respect to the current drives, it, it looks like it's a computer game. Whereas even looking at the computer game of the '80s, it just looks like there's so much arm work involved, let alone everything else, especially with the, the gear shifting going on down on the right hand side. Well, we had gear shifting. We didn't have power steering. Um, you know, there was a lot of um, there's a lot of technicality involved in the modern day cars, which I'm absolutely certain makes life a bit easier for them. Mm. That's not to distract from their talents and what they do, because you've still got to take a 170 mile an hour corner at 170, and the ones that take it at 169 are slow, and the ones that take it at 171 don't come out the other end. <laughs> so. You know, it's still down to the driver. When you look at a, a game like this, and uh, it's kind of like looking through the, the, a DVD collection of the, of the, of the years, what, what is your favourite era of Formula 1? 1980. <laughs> <laughs> that was a leading yeah, question. Yeah. If, if you had to pick another year, uh, other than, uh, than your own uh, World Championship year, is like the 90s, I mean, obviously uh, I'm younger, I look at the, 
the 90s is a classic time. Um, obviously, Senna and Schumacher, Damon Hill, those kind of times. But then I look at this and I kind of wish that I'd seen more of the 80s era because it looks spectacular in terms of the racing. Well, it was. I mean, it was considerably more dangerous mm. then. I mean, in terms of you didn't have anywhere near the level of protection as the modern cars. Um, you know, and so if you had a, a, a big shunt in one of the older cars, the consequences were a lot yeah. worse than what they would be in one of the new cars. But, you know, it's just a different era, different drivers, different personalities, um, and I think that's what makes it fascinating. Now, now, you're on Twitter. I don't know how much you use it, but I, I follow a few. I don't follow them all, but a few Formula 1 drivers, Jensen Button, um, Lewis Hamilton, uh, Checo. And I, I noticed, uh, especially during the, when there's a couple of weeks break, I noticed, and, and you know, the European season's over now. They're all coming to the, to the offshore races again. A lot of talk about, you know, I'm three days in the sim now and stuff like that. So these guys are literally sitting back, and, and with respect to the F1 2013, it's an amazing simulator, but probably nothing compared to what they have in the factories they spend days practicing circuits in simulators that simulate the true reflections of their car. What did you do to, to practice? Was it just that there was more practice time at the circuits? Well, we did. We used to go on, uh, you know, we used to go and visit the circuit normally one or two weeks before the Grand Prix and get all our data and do lap after lap in, in a real car and then put what we learned there into practice when we went back to race. Hmm. Now, there is, there is practice restrictions now. You're not allowed to do anywhere near as much testing as we were allowed to do then. Yeah. Having said that, I think even if there wasn't restrictions, they'd still have the simulators because they're so damn good. Yeah. You know, I mean, they spend two or three or four million dollars on these things. Yeah. And, um, and they simulate just one part change, just an aero change yeah, to a wing. Absolutely. And, you know, so if you were living reasonably close to the factory, you know, you'd pop up there three or four days before you hopped on the plane to go over and do the next Grand Prix. Mm and just um, re-familiarise yourself with the place. I remember I was uh, fortunate enough to be at the Red Bull headquarters here in Sydney a uh, year or two ago, and Mark Webb was here just uh, just as a flying visit to just to say good day to the Red Bull team, not for any uh, formal function, and he actually got behind a, pl- a PlayStation and played the F1 2011 back then um, with the thumb control, and I just looked at him going, how could you possibly sit and drive a car with your thumbs? I um, I find it hard. When you've had a go, have you tried it with a steering wheel or with the, with the control? Yeah, do you find it? I can't even do that yeah. properly. I'd hate to think I'd go with a thumb. Yeah. <clears throat> he did. He did well though. Well, just talking about the current season, um, you know, a few races still to go. Um, Weber's last season, but you know, positive as, as an Aussie fan that we've got Daniel Ricciardo next year jumping up into his seat. How, how do you do? You look back on Mark Weber's career and think, you know, he did did the best he could and and should be really proud of it. Or is it one of the things that he's going to look back? Year on year and just go, 2010 could have been my year or, you know. No, it could have been. If fifths were nuts, were fruits were nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, he's got everything to be proud of. I yeah. mean, he's won eight or nine Grand Prix. He's been a terrific ambassador for the sport and for Australia. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of him and he should be proud of what he did. Yeah, and he seems to be spending a lot of time looking at the next generation too. One of the things, just quickly, um, Mark Webber did, he tweeted, oh, it's got to be two years ago now, he tweeted a, a photo of a piece of paper which had two possible career paths and it was back when he was, you know, 16 or 17 and it had like the, the Asian route or the European route and it had year on year what he'd do. He'd go from Formula This to Formula 3 to Formula 1 and it, it, he actually achieved every step of the way did you, in your very early days, did you have a vision to, to get to where you got to and, and, and achieve a Formula One World Championship? Oh, I think you have to have a vision. I mean, I, 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 I knew I wanted to go to Formula One and I yeah. would have done anything to do that. And, you, but that's, you know, I used to just take what was ever given to me because I've never bought a drive in my life. So yeah. 
You know, you go it's to England. These days, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but you know, it's not impossible. It's just harder. Mm. But um, you know, you went to Europe and you did your Formula Ford and Formula Three and Formula Five Thousand and all the different formulas. And then, with a bit of luck, you meet the right people and you're offered a drive, and then you take advantage of it. And if you do well, that goes on from there. And touch wood, I ended up in Formula One. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an amazing sport. It's a circus. Let's not kid ourselves. Do, we talked about the practice time earlier. I find it a little bit disappointing as a fan when you go to the event and the cars really aren't on the track a lot on, on a Friday and a Saturday. But I guess that's the nature of the high technology, you know, um, vehicles that they're driving out there, isn't well, it? It's not too much the more tires, can really. I mean, they're all trying to save tires. They're only yeah. given a set, set of tires to use. So they all try and it's a it's a moving game of chess. You yeah. know, they're all out there trying to guess what each one of them are doing and trying to save this tire in case that happens. And and they, you know, if there's no need for them to go out, uh, they won't. But uh, you'll notice that if it looks like there's rain coming, for instance, or anything like that, they're all out then. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it must be um, must be a little bit weird having your name on a computer game. Probably something you didn't think back in 1980 would be uh, would be the future of the Alan Jones name. No, um, I'm very flattered though. It's <laughs> uh, it's great. Well, excellent stuff, and it's great to see you, and great to talk to you, and uh, thanks for the time. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening, uh, wherever you are, right across the world. Uh, and get in touch, 1-800-157-157, or send me an email. Go to the website, eftm.com.au, or yourtechlife.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got a problem or question or anything about technology, send me an email. That's all you've got to do. I'll try and help you out. If I can't help you, I'll find someone who will. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. Love to hear from you there as well. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.